Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? You've got questions. I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. Sometimes you bump into music. I bumped into Brendan James, honest. He's a music man, searching for purpose man, wandering and wandering around this earth and trying to make sense. What a great bump into. So we made it a point to keep connecting until he finished his new record, which turned out fantastic. There's my review of it. Simplify which even more sunk his piano and words straight into my chest, where my personal rejection builds up. Turns out he and me, and probably we, are on the same path. We did this by means of Skype on September 24th, 2013, because North Carolina and Michigan, just not all that close. I guess the first thing I was thinking in, in, in Every time I see the word simplify, I go, yeah, yeah, yes, that's what I need to do. And, and I wonder how many times I've said that in my life. You know? Yeah. It's, I, it's funny. It's, I, I, don't, I rarely take a phrase that, I, that is like part of just common vernacular and use it as an album title. <laughs> but I felt like trying to avoid it was just doing just the opposite of what I was trying to do. Yeah. So... I just chose a phrase that's used, you know, already. And is it because you were going through a time of feeling overwhelmed or just seeing the world as a place of chaos? I don't know if chaos is a, you know, it's kind of a big big word, but you know. No, it's 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 a I would say it's a split down the middle of exactly both of those things. Hmm. Um I mean, first and foremost as an artist, I created a number of songs. The one that resonated with me the most just by happenstance was this song and I think it resonated with me the most because I spend a lot of time on tour a lot of time with friends a lot of times with my wife I'm the guy who's kind of uh, pointing out the things that that are irksome or, or annoying about this modern society we find ourselves in right. so much so much so that I have to kind of quiet that down sometimes and and just experience and enjoy the moment and but I, I'm always thinking about the environment I'm always thinking about why is there another chain food restaurant popping up why is there you know all the things that are just the complications that I that I would like to change and so I think when I finally wrote a song that 
put that to music, put those mm-hmm. those thoughts to music. I loved it so much. I wanted to name the album whatever that song was, and that that song happened to be Simplify, and it happened to line up with your first question, which is, were you in a state of relative chaos? Which, uh, quite honestly, I was. Hmm. <laughs> so, so did you recognize it before somebody else recognized it for you? The chaos. Yeah, you know, having to find your feet again and having to get your own balance, or is it something that your wife had to go, hey, you're in a place that I can tell you're not, what's the word I'm looking for, the the best that is best for you? Yeah, basically, I wasn't firing at all cylinders, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you're like this or if everybody's like this, but the way I am is that I need to come to that realization myself. Uh, before I actually make a change sure. that might just be human nature but I think my wife for probably a year or two a- and some friends were giving me some pretty strong hints mm. that that I wasn't functioning the way they knew me to function and so it, but it wasn't until I kind of had to hit a, a, a rock bottom period in my life you know and my rock bottom isn't too deep but it was I was pretty spun out of control in around 2011, um, before I went into making hope and transition. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty frustrated and uh, fed up with the music industry and uh, my role in it, and questioning why I hadn't become more recognized and why I was why I would refuse to compromise to become more recognized and. A whole bunch of things, and um, so, so yeah, I, I had to finally recognize that chaos, and the way that I handled it was just to take a humongous step back from everything. Not my marriage; I hung on to that very tight. But I, for the first time in about eight years of momentum, I just took a huge step back and said, "Maybe I don't want to do music at all. Mm. Maybe." You know, and I went into this almost state, this this state of almost uh, subtle insanity for for a few months, where I really thought, "Well, I wasn't supposed to be a musician. I have all these other gifts. I have all these. Maybe I should pursue this, and I'll just try this. And I'm not going to look at the piano." And it was this weird. It was my way, I think, my body's defense mechanism of just shutting all things music down for a period of time. And uh, anyway. So how did you, I guess, were you, were you bordering on being a bitter guy or, yeah. or did you, or did you fall into that river of bitter? Hmm. I like that river of bitter. River of bitter. That's uh if I don't take that, some other song. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all yours. Will. I just want a, just a small note that said I. River of bitter, river of bitter, co-written by Frank Jenks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was I was definitely on on the verge of, of bitter. You know, my tours just for just as an example, my tours were just such a hustle, and they weren't resulting or, or yielding enough fruit. I, I just I was in a car or a van going around and having some great shows and then some really shitty shows, and you do that month in and month out, and it's just you're told that's what you're supposed to do by right. managers, labels by just the general overall consensus like yeah you're supposed to be on the road all the time and anyway 
there was just a, a lot of factors like that that I was getting bitter about and I was like I don't even enjoy this fuck this <laughs> I was like yeah. why am I doing this and, and didn't you find that people around you I'll say would not tell you the truth because they just wanted to not create anything that wasn't uh, easy water you know yep. I mean that's what I've found in my life it's like I wish somebody would come out and tell me, you know, your interviews suck, so stop doing them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Please, go sell shoes. You'd be great at that. Yeah. Rather than, wow, I, I love what you do, and then never hear from them again, you know, or something like that. You know, I, I mean, it's... Totally. I totally know what you mean. And I, I feel that from, like, a lot of uh, some DJs around the country or people who are in positions that... The people who really could just, like, snap their finger and, right. in, a, in a way, change the course of your career. Right. I've, I felt like that from some of those people. Like, okay, I've sent you the best work I have at this point. I've sent you my album. You know my reputation. You know, don't just say, oh, it's really good. If, if I can get it on the air, I'll get it on the air. And I know <laughs> exactly. I can get it. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. And yeah. it's all growth, you know. And I look back at that period of my life already, and I, as, as cliche goes, I wouldn't trade it. I would not trade yeah. that period of my life, you know. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just because the music business attracts the dreck of people who are uh, uh, who know what real commitment is or what. But uh, but when I meet somebody like you, you know, I just sort of go, "Wow, seems like a real dude." You know, hmm. seems like there's something something genuine behind behind you when I met you. And then I start diving into your lyrics, and I go, "Well, yeah." So thank thanks for doing that, man. That's, dude, I mean. It's my pleasure, and and I I totally hear you. I, to, I you know as we follow this tangent real quick, I'll say one more thing that I I have a, a manager friend in the business who's not my manager, but you know he he's had to discover over the years that like what you're saying, he has a talent, um, like for you it's this talent and this desire and a love for interviewing and for taking someone's story or thoughts compiling it in a way that's interesting for others to learn from and you're passionate about that and yet what I'm what I think you can tell me if I'm wrong but all, almost equally you're passionate about music so mm -hmm. you can combine those two into your dream career which would be just talking to musicians every day or every week right and what you've had to do is change it up a little to where you're talking to other people but so you're still fulfilling mm -hmm. pretty much half of your passion right but it's it's not your full and, I, and it's not easy you know cuz i don't know that's what my whole that, that's what constellations that song on the album is about mm. is exactly is exactly what you're talking about yeah and, and I, even when i heard that and you know the the whole the line about purpose but that's i mean there's still times there's still times where i think if i really what you were saying earlier, right? Am, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this my reason to be on this earth? Therefore, my purpose for living, you know? And right. yeah, when I heard that song, I thought, yeah, I've I've been in that those same shoes where I'm wondering about life and wondering about me. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. It's and I'm I've been there. Obviously, by that song, you know I've been there. But it's a it's a weird place, man. It's a weird place. Yeah, and sometimes I feel like I'm on an island there too, you know, because um, I see the whole world now. We're back into simplify mode too, but I, but in still in constellations song. But I see the whole world seems like well, they seem to be getting along, and they seem to feel like 
they seem to be standing upright and they're balanced and the, you know and whatever they're providing for their family and making a living and they don't seem any worse for the wear and I'm <laughs> scratching my head going why why well, and and not not necessarily why me but why isn't it working you know or why is the world like that or you know why can they find meaning in a place where I couldn't find that meaning yeah 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 you know I'm, yes man I I don't ever I don't usually do this what I'm about to say I I I promise you but because it's I think it's because it's an interview because I can tell that you're heartfelt you're your intent is in the right place like I'm bringing up more of my songs but none of them are you is exactly that as well which is that's another thing I struggled with in the, kind of the same tier but I mean you look around at the crowd you wish you could have some fun look at them how they win how mm -hmm. they beat everyone and that mm -hmm. is exactly blue skies you know in my eyes it's just it's it's just crazy still you just feel like you're the lonely one who why can't I figure that out? Why, I, I, even when I go on tour, I play in people's houses a lot lately, and there's a couple, couple families' houses I walk into, and I just look at these these people, almost these superhuman type people who hmm. have perfectly combined passions that they that they that they love, and then also just a desk job or some kind of day job that they don't love but that pays really well, and they have these two smiling kids in this five bedroom house. And a Volvo and an Audi in the driveway. Right. And their diet is great, and they have all these nice couches and furniture, and everything is in its right place. And it kind of, and I walk in there, and I'm like this. Sometimes I feel just like a broken man or a broken artist, and I have my highs, of course, but I have my lows, and I'm just all on the path for art. I mean, that's just what I have dedicated my life to, and it doesn't always yield what. What these people who are able to split it down the middle it doesn't always yield what what they're able to yield basically, and I question the same thing. Yeah, I wonder though. Is it? Um, I've talked with a few artists. I guess I'll say, Billy Squire gave it to me when I was talking to him years ago, and he almost was like, you know, I know that I write some lyrics that may not seem like real depth, but I also know that that might bring somebody in to hear the whole record so I wonder if he's doing and you're and we should be doing our desk job so we can also do our passion job <laughs> rather than I want to live in passion job a hundred percent of the time and I don't know that I don't know if that's the real dream and I'm just still naive to think I only want to interview 12 artists a year that 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 want to elevate greatness and elevate life and this kind of stuff and and then I want to be able to golf and I want to be able to go for bike rides and and make sure my dog and we can go after dinner and, and yeah. you know I yes you're on the dude you're you're speaking to my heart I mean that is exactly I think it is I think what you just asked is that the answer yeah I I think <laughs> for people like us. We are for us to find success. What we're talking about monetarily, not it doesn't sound like you want a lot of money. I don't want a lot of money in my life. Right. I just want to make a living, and I think to make that, we need a lot of people to subscribe to what we do. Mm -hmm. Is that don't you agree? Okay, we, yep, we, oh, totally, we yep, both yep. need a lot of subscribers, if you will, yep. and to to minimize the field. Uh, 
of of uh, of people who are listening by just writing the deepest stuff all the time is kicking ourselves. You know, you know what's the expression? We're uh, we're, we're kicking ourselves in the foot. What's what am I trying to say? Yeah, we're tripping that. ourselves up by by yeah. by just me. And I know I do this. And I know that simplify this whole album. I've done that. And you know how can I how can I sit here and be like I want to have more recognition and more job security and just make sure I can tour my whole life and make money and have a family and and yet I'm I'm trying to write the deepest shit imaginable. Right. I'm trying to challenge myself. So yeah, it's it's I think what we're we know we're both battling this the the the, the age old consummate question of creating art and and doing it well. And I hate talking to those fucking people who are like oh yeah man I got my deep songs and then I got my pop songs man you gotta have the pop songs and I love those songs mm-hmm. I'm just looking at them like at this age I'm looking at them like how do you do that cause I wanna I think I wanna do that mm-hmm. right. I, right I'm not really capable of just sometimes I will sit down at my piano and I will say Brendan you're gonna write your money maker this is gonna be your pop song this is going to turn heads at the radio stations and the labels, and we're going to do this. Yeah. And I don't get 30 seconds in I, I, without just thinking I'm disgusting or thinking I'm, you know. But uh, but don't you think... Didn't, didn't Indigo Girls do it back in the day? I mean, mm-hmm. didn't they have some uncanny ability to to write something with real depth that somehow still used a broad stroke you know and yeah and people got into it and and those both those people if you will could would go to that show one would enjoy it because it tapped their foot and the other one would enjoy it because it it scratched their activism you know heart totally and i don't totally and i don't know what the difference is honestly and maybe it's just me as a music fan i don't know what the difference is between you and them because i i think you've got something where i'm tapping my foot and i'm also going like Dudes in the same road that I'm on, we're driving down this highway together, and it and it feels good, and I feel I feel less. Well, what I was talking about, right? I feel like great. Somebody else knows where my heart's at, you know, and that's a good thing, I think, to reveal your soul like that. You know what I think? About, I think you're exactly right, and I think with with my music, my records so far, I think that the music is good enough, the lyrics are good enough, and it's poppy enough to have millions of followers. I, I really believe that. But I haven't been able to reach those millions of followers because I don't have one or two songs that are extra poppy mm-hmm. to really get a machine behind me. Mm-hmm. Because I think that machine is what can really help you reach the millions. Yeah. And I, you know, and so that's so that again answers my whole <laughs> quest for life. Why have? Why don't I just write a couple dumb pop songs that are fun and feel good? Why don't I just do that? If I already, if I know that's the answer to reaching millions of people, why haven't I done it? And I think because I have this dream in my head of when I'm known, I want to be known like Ray LaMontagne or Jeff Buckley or mm-hmm. you know people who did both somehow. They reached the masses, and they didn't sound like they were selling out. They were the true artistic self. Leonard Cohen. You know, I, I, that's those are the people, you know. 
Maybe it's a ridiculous pursuit. I don't know. I remember when uh, Beautiful Day came out for um, uh, U2, right? And uh, I remember Bono saying, this song is not going to change the world. It's just, a, it's just a ditty. And I'm going, but, but people should realize it's a beautiful day. And I found all this deeper you know, yeah. stuff with that yeah. kind of simple message. And I went, but he obviously realized it because you know, there, there are U2 songs out there that are of real depth and real social justice uh, oriented and activism happening within. And, and yet he just said, I think they knew it was a hit song. So they wanted to make it just as just as right in the center of uplift as you can make it, you know, and mm-hmm. and obviously it worked, you know, for, well, many things can work for you too, right? But Yeah, but, but no, it was it was just such a good song that, that right. it worked, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like that, what did you say, just right down the middle, upbeat, about as upbeat as you can get. Yeah. I think that's just as important as trying to write deep lyrics in in fact I think it's more important and I think as I get stronger as an artist again and just start to get comfortable in my own skin in the next couple years I'm actually looking forward to turning somewhat of a corner and uh, that's that's interesting that you can see that far to that corner you know what I mean it's crazy man it's 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 crazy but I but I I think I see it I, I I think I see my ability to write that upbeat and um, catchy album, but still make sure it, it, it sounds like me and it incorporates the themes I want to talk about. But that that just it just takes an ultimate place of strength, I think, like strength and calm to make positive music with meaningful messages for me. I think is just going to take me standing on the strongest ground I've, I've stood on in a while. And I think you know, same as me, right, is after you after you have uh, sucked your own energy of searching for your purpose, <laughs> sometimes it's just great when Beautiful Day comes up on my iPod. Yes. And it's just like, thank you. I don't have to wor- wonder why the trees aren't falling on, totally on me in front of the road or whatever, you know? Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Trust me. So... So I look forward to both. Uh, I look forward to that corner in your life and work, and, and same here, you know. But I think Windblown is kind of that way. If you, if I can take it there, I mean, it's the first song off of Simplify, but about how life is 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 a journey, mm-hmm. right? And you're trying to keep hope alive, and and it's certainly is great opening. It's a great opening poppy song for me to start the record. You Thanks. Know? I, yeah, I, there's something. And the the thing that I think I nailed in that song, which is so hard, I don't know how I did it, I don't know how I'll ever do it again, every song's different, but there's Mm -hmm. there's a lilt and a nice feeling in that song before there's even any words, just, Mm -hmm. there's just like a, wow, I really am windblown, and I'm just kind of, I'm going through life, and it's hard, but it's also okay. And mm-hmm. so then, so that's why I know that the melodies and the music are more important than the lyrics. I know that. Mm. And uh, if you really listen to the lyrics, it can get a little dark, which is kind of my trademark. But overall, I think there's positivity. So I'm glad you could hear that. Yeah, I, I guess there's, I guess because I think your lyrics are so um, thought out and heartfelt that I guess I think a song can be great and have that thing that makes my insides move. But I think the lyrics, if they are fantastic, it may, it, 
it, it, it like completes the package, right? It puts the bow on top of this thing, and it's like, yeah. Because if it if it doesn't connect on the inside of us or me, uh, I guess us, I really want to say, then then I think it's not finished, if you will. Yeah, you know? totally agree. That's you just yeah. you just described my life's pursuit right there. <laughs> Find those those amazing melodies, those chords that feel right, and and complete that package. Remember, bitter <laughs> river. That's that has got to be in a pop song. Bitter river. <clears throat> you put my heart. You sunk my heart in the bitter river. <laughs> oh my god. Oh come on, man. My heart was drowning in a bitter river. <laughs> oh, it'll be if, if if bitter river is ever a title of a song, I'll just laugh someday. Just laugh. Uh, I hope you give her that bitter river. Give her rhymes with that. That'd be good. That's a good. Yeah. Keep well. We're, we are recording, right? So <laughs> I won't soon forget. I can use this for. Can I? You mind if I just start singing to myself for a while and just use this later? That'll be fine. And then I'll uh, I'll put some I'll put some beats behind it and get some auto tune so I can actually do some background vocals. <laughs> so the skeptic, since I, we've sort of kind of talked a lot about simplify the the skeptic. Yeah, I guess what I. What I love about everything that we've sort of talked about already, how the world can kind of beat you down, is that somewhere inside of you, there's that little uh, flicker that you know love will pull you through this. <laughs> that is such a beautiful reminder. God. I, you know, man, I, that's, that's how I know my mom did a good job. Mm. My, my mom, and uh, she just did a great job because I as dark as I want to get with, with lyrics and as hard of times as I've had, uh, you can't put that light out. It's it's always there. It's going to be there when I die. And I, I had to put it into that song at the end of that chorus. You know. Is your mom still around? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And does she... Is she a... Is she an overly positive person? Or is she just... Yeah. What is she? She's just solid. Mm. Good she's words. Just, she's just she's solid. She's Irish Catholic from uh she was born in Brooklyn and um we you know, I grew up in New Hampshire. And my dad was in the picture too. Mm-hmm. And uh I got a lot of good stuff from him too, but I just think, you know, my mom because it was just the three of us, you know, she she raised us. They got divorced when I was four. Mm. And then she raised us, so just me and my sister. So I, there's just something about her that was, you know, consistency defined, really. You know, same, kept kept me, uh, kept us in the same same town, same schools, around the same friends. Mm. Cared about our cared about our friends. knew mm. knew the names of our friends. knew you know, just all the things that a good mother would do. You know, she did it, and you know, so. It, I know that's I know that's where I get get my light is uh, from the the stability she provided for us. I I swear that is such a good thing to put on the headstone, right? Solid. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is such a good word, man. I've I've heard few people describe like that, but when you say it right today, it's just like, yeah, that's what I want to. That's what I hope somebody. That's what I hope my kids would say about me. It's like. Dad made it, made it, uh, made it without creating a lot of waves and 
and when he did it's because he wanted to you know and when and when things happened to him he could he could stand the the wind whatever you know yeah yeah, Solid. yeah exactly yeah. that's i think that's that's the right kind of parenting right there and and uh you know i want to have kids pretty soon and i want to remember that you know uh so ignorant man is that is that all about you or is it about trying to lean on a friend or how yeah where's that going that's a that's a heavy yeah. one that's um that's one of those ones where I think as a songwriter I want to pull a card and say that uh, it's about a lot of things and um, it's about experiences I've had it's also about experiences I've watched family members or friends have it's kind of a commentary on men to be honest um, and sometimes I think I fall right into that category of <laughs> classic male behavior in a relationship um, but uh, it's, it's how I've seen men treat women in a lot of different ways and, and how I've seen and heard about and observed men in the limelight or men with traveling careers or, or men who are just so centered on their own pursuit that they don't see a lot of the things that their partner sees. Mm which is just sometimes simplicity or enjoying the moment for the moment, all those cliches. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is really just called the ignorant man because many times the man in the relationship is ignorant. <laughs> hmm. well, well, I know I'm jumping over a couple of songs, but is that maybe why you wrote He Loved too? Because I guess maybe that's finding the vulnerable side of said man in this world. Maybe I, that one has a real. That one's got a real long story to it, um, and um, it's one I don't tell often. But it, it's uh, it goes back to that's that's my oldest song on this album. That mm -hmm. song is uh, is probably almost ten years old now, eight or nine years old. Uh, that song is truthfully um, a, equally about um, my parents' divorce and. Uh, and oddly enough, Carly Simon and James Taylor's divorce. <laughs> and it, I wrote it in Carly Simon's house um, back in 2004 when she and I had a kind of a short little friendship going on, or mm. almost, almost like a, a mentorship. She, I sang with her. Uh, we did a duet for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, I mean, it just, there's a whole long story. It was just, it was an absolutely amazing moment in my life. I basically, my manager at the time and I sent out my demo, my first demo, we just sent it out to all these random addresses. Hmm. Um, I'm talking random, like all these lawyer, <laughs> like 50 cents lawyer, I'm talking random people, because we, <laughs> right. we didn't know anybody, we just knew lawyers' addresses, we knew record label addresses. One lawyer gave us Carly Simon's address, I mean, we're just like, we're just fishing here, and we... We put up, sent out about, actually he sent out about 25 or 30 demos to all these random people. And nobody got back to us. And, mm. uh, which was a lesson I was, you know, had to learn at the time. That's not the sure. way to become something in the music industry. But Carly Simon called me back. Wow. And she said, for God knows what reason, I put your demo in. I never put demos in. She said, I never put demos in because 
I'm afraid I'm just going to be disappointed and then feel bad that I, I don't want to say something negative to the artist. And I know how she feels sometimes now at this point. Anyway, it's another tangent, but <laughs> she asked me to she asked me to come and uh, and sing a duet with her in uh, in Martha's Vineyard um, because she loved my voice so much and uh, she would fly me up there. It was the next month. She wanted to stream it live and not actually go to Oslo because she didn't want to do it in person. She just wanted them to stream it live. So I think Robert Plant had just performed and then we were to go on. And uh, it was just an amazing weekend. I just hung out with her and her band and stayed in her house and just kind of became friendly. I think mm -hmm. we we had some similar New England attributes and just mm -hmm. the culture. The culture of all the people around her I just like seamlessly fit into. and. So uh, she said, anytime you want to come back, come on back. And uh, So I took her up on that, and like six months later I went back. And uh, I was working in Urban Outfitters at the time in New York City. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I remember having to ask my boss if I could get the time off to, uh, to go to Carly Simon's house and do some writing. And he almost hit me. He's like, just get out of here. Just yeah, right. Me. You know, like, why are you asking me that? So... The story goes, I went to her house, and um, my goodness, then the first day, I was going to stay for eight days, and then the first day, she said, uh, I, I can't stay, Brendan, I'm so sorry, I have these two engagements that have now come up, so, uh, you know, I'd like, you know, I thought she was going to say, so I need you to go, and she said, but I want you to stay, and, and have the property, have the house, and just do some writing for the week by yourself, and well, my my cook is going to come, and, and uh, she'll make sure you have food. You can give her grocery lists, and uh, here's where my record collection is. Here's the bedroom you'll be staying in. She just set me up, and uh, man, to generosity, it still boggles my mind. So I wrote that song that week in mm. her house. You know, as I stood it, I saw old family pictures of hers, and I saw that she and James had two kids, and... I knew they got divorced when the kids were really young, and uh, I knew it was for similar reasons that my parents had gotten divorced, and uh, mm. I felt, I just felt, and I was in New England, I just felt so oddly connected to this family for some, not even because of the fame, it wasn't about, it was just the, the family itself, and so, well. so I finally, you know, she had this crazy belief in me, and uh, I think I, I just waited to put I couldn't put this song on an album yet. Maybe until I felt like I was starting to become the the artist she she saw in me mm. early on. You know, I, right. it took me a long time to feel like a professional songwriter, and I certainly didn't when I was in her house and I was working at Urban Outfitters. And right. So I, I waited and I, I put that song on this on this album. Well, she seems uh, like a generous soul. If that's uh if that's the way she she acted toward you when she didn't have to. Yeah. It was... Uh, who knows? I mean, I, I, we lost touch. Uh, I think if I reached out to her again today, I think she'd respond favorably and it'd be nice to say hi again, but she changes her email a lot and her phone numbers. She's she's that kind of fame. Where oh, yeah, right. You actually still have to be constantly kind of moving and, and fooling some people because oh, people, people treat her, you know, like... Not quite like Michael Jackson, but in that weird '80s '90s fame, you know. So, yeah, I just kind of lost lost her contact info, and yeah. 
Anyway, she she was she was quite generous. I'll tell That's, you that. You need to send send that song out random to various addresses on Martha's Vineyard, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. She'll finally hear it and go, "This is a song I wrote when I stayed at your house." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. But I've interviewed uh, Ben Taylor a couple of times, and he's been very nice to me. So yeah, man, he is such met a his, sweetheart. Met his dad once, and um, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, just think about where you're at and he's got Carly Simon as a mom and James Taylor as a dad and he can't break through. God, that's You know what I mean? I don't know that the songs are there or not there personally. Whatever, right? But theoretically some doors should be opened fairly easily just by a phone call from dad or mom, right? And it's and maybe who knows? That's such a good point. If anything, it speaks to his strength and his struggle too. It's not it doesn't matter who your parents are or what, what mm-hmm. if you're friends with a CEO at a record label, you know, if Tommy Mottola were my uncle, you know, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It's because what matters is, as an artist, you finding the appropriate voice and the appropriate songs. If you're an artist like Ben Taylor, you know, and I know, I know what he is like, I, I feel like I'm similar in that. We want to. We don't want to just write music. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to just write a pop song. I want to write a song where people can say, "That's a Brendan James song." Right. That has characteristics of Brendan James, and that's the challenge. So who cares if his dad's James Taylor, or his mom's Carly Simon? Like right. he's he's on the real pursuit. Yeah. And I don't know if when somebody opens up a package and it says this is James Taylor, Car- Carly Simon's son, that different expectations don't come out and they don't hear the voice of James Taylor or the voice of Carla or whatever you know what I, mean? I have no idea what kind of yeah what kind of no. walls that he has to jump over because we're all jumping over walls his might be taller or smaller I don't know right so exactly he might he might like get that boost to get to the wall right. but then when he gets to the wall is it taller because he has to deal with people hearing his dad's voice in yeah. his voice and he, yeah. he's had to differentiate himself yeah. somehow but at the end of the day right he's he's been great with me you know, I mean, that's all I, yeah. that's the only way I can judge this guy. I really, I was moved by a few of his songs and requested an interview and voila, <laughs> we like each other, right? Exactly. You know? And and yeah, he's, because he's a gentle spirit. Yeah. He's, a, he's a kind person. He's not, he's not out to fuck anybody over. Right. He's, it's, that's not him. So I can imagine him being nice like that. Right. Hey, the song Hillary, I didn't mean to jump over it, but I guess I did mean sure. to. Um about a friend kind of searching for aliveness and and finding her own balance through junk yeah yeah the the, uh truth behind that one is that uh i don't know the girl i barely know her and uh it's someone that my wife worked with in oakland in the cafe last year Mm. and uh my wife would just come home and tell me a couple casual things about coworkers, but you got to be careful when you're married to a songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> she would just, you know, just say anything about random workers. You know, she's not a gossip. She's about the sweetest and kindest person you could ever meet, but she just would come home and say, ah, this one girl, Hillary, she's just the sweetest girl ever, and cute boys come in, and you know they want to talk to her, and... She's just not sure how to do it yet, or she's really busy with school, doesn't have the time. Right. I think her mom, her mom's kind of hard on her to get great grades, and you know. So she, I just kind of pieced it all together without even telling my wife. And then I finished the song, and I said, "I hope Hillary doesn't get creeped out by the fact that uh, 
there's a songwriter pretending to know her whole story right now, but it was just a, such an interesting... Song stalker. A song stalker. But her story, I think, needed to be told. I think that that's yeah. a, there are some valid things going on there with the pressure from parents and the pressure to succeed and sometimes just remembering that being 19, if you, if you can't look back on being 19 and remember some great fan, you know, footloose and fancy free moments, then yeah. there might be a problem. You know, you might need to make sure you just chill out too. Right. Because yeah. we're, we're all trying to get older. Is that what we're trying to do? We're, trying, we're all trying to get older. We're all trying to get smarter, more accomplished, have better credentials to what? To be 38 and then realize, wow, I, I'm feeling old. And, yeah. I, you know, you know that common common question yeah and then and then think about am i going to meet the right guy or the right gal or whoever you are i mean all the stuff that yeah. you kind of go am, am i going to be happy i mean am i going to find purpose blah 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 yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i mean all those things in addition to getting good grades making sure you make enough money so you can buy whatever clothes you want to buy or whatever your yeah priorities are at that time right yeah, yeah exactly yeah so, it's, it's, anyway that's that's hillary it's a neat little ditty that's kind of my homage to to paul simon a little bit I, I knew there were some melodies in there that were reminiscent of him and i just kept them in there i just love him so much and i just wanted kind of a fun chugging along type song so uh, you know I, I i can totally appreciate that i was i was under the i it felt like a jack's mannequin sort of a thing for me and i because i love i love andrew from jack's mannequin i love the the poppiness that he can throw into a song, so yeah, so that's what it felt like to me. Not not to you no know, no, not, that's awesome. Not to not to put uh, Paul Simon aside. The good in you, uh, I, I I always think it's interesting when we realize what's important, whether it's in ourselves or in somebody else. Yeah, even though life is so challenging the whole time. Oh right? yeah, so. the, the that obviously that song is about looking past the conflict and mm -hmm. just looking straight to the other person as it's so easy to have compassion for someone or for a situation when you have that realization that they're just trying to live their life they are just mm -hmm. born to the parents they were born to raised in the schools and around the community that they were raised around and now here they are an adult and they are doing their absolute best mm -hmm. so can you can for the love of god can we all i'm not saying immediately but but can we all try to find resolution, you know, and that that song is about some of the hardest riffs I've ever had with people, and uh, and trying to uh, resolve them, mm. and um, and knowing that I that I have in one and I will with another. That's mm -hmm. that's, that's the truth. Yeah, it, it is funny how cloudy my vision gets when I'm pissed off at somebody and think that they're in it for not the big altruistic reasons that I think I'm in it for and it yeah. turns out we're pretty probably pretty close to the same yeah same page you know yeah they just have a different compass they, they just they just yeah. literally beat to a different rhythm and yeah and sometimes those rhythms just collide hardcore and yeah and maybe that's why it's so good that you put where you started right after it right is yeah. that yeah that's almost uh almost perfect right to be able to look back on life and and realize even now you have it good yeah you know? that's that's exactly it yeah I mean, where you started to me is is a is a love song and uh 
which is kind of funny. I, I don't have many love songs. I don't. I don't love. I don't love writing love songs. Um, uh, I just I, I like tackling some other topics that other people aren't tackling necessarily. And uh, but that one to me that is that's that is the true way that I found the love of my life. That song tells the story, and uh, so. Yeah, so, so it is it a love song, or is it just a song about love? And I don't mean when I say just to, to put it into some sort of, you know, simplified category, but uh, but I, I do, I love love. You know, I mean, it Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it makes me move forward. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a song about uh, how I found love. Yeah. It's a, it's a song about how, I almost said how, how you can find love, but... It's not about everybody. It's about me. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a song about how I found love. I was raised in one place by a great, in a, just a good situation and wanted to leave that place because I felt strong enough to see the world and traveled, became a songwriter and uh, met someone in my, in my travels who was certainly not from New Hampshire. And... Uh, that someone is someone that I will always be able to treasure all the little things with. I'm stuck on feeling strong enough to see the world because you knew there was more out there, but you had to get up, I guess, life experience and a little bit of gumption because something was out there, including her. Yeah. And you don't, and you, and you don't even know it exists until you open the front door you know to take that one step further if, if this is uh, if this is turning into a therapy session um, no I'm just kidding but, uh, <laughs> I think you know I like to tell myself that I, I left New Hampshire because I was so strong and I had this stable compass inside me that was like you feel comfortable in New Hampshire now you want to tackle the world but it could have just been a combination of feeling strong, but also feeling like I needed to search. Mm. And I, I knew I couldn't quite find happiness in such a stable, and uh, you know, I almost want to say homogenous, but you know, New Hampshire is. You look around, you see pretty much a lot of the same kind of people doing a lot of the same kind of things. Mm -hmm. So maybe I needed. Maybe I was a bit lost, and maybe there's a part of my soul, a part of my, my person that just definitely wasn't anywhere near found and that's also why I left you know well it, it's funny because I think I uh, I think wherever we're from we can have those thoughts because I'd really like to go explore New Hampshire <laughs> yeah. right and you kind of like I don't need to go back there and explore anymore and maybe you know, and maybe not you know you know what yeah. I mean, your neighborhood your neck yeah. of the woods but but it's almost like we all no matter where we're from we need to we need to stick our neck out and go hey what else is out there? And I just think it's, I, I think the word is accurate when you say the strength. I mean, you got to be able to know that when you put your foot in front of the other that you're not going to fall off a cliff, you know? You have to trust. Maybe yeah. it's trust. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. But isn't Tied to You, is that is that also a love song? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep, that's, uh, that was written in a pretty hard time for... 
Yeah, it was a, it was a tricky time for me and my wife, and I mean. Oh, so you're the couple that's been through tricky times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I my tricky. I don't know what my tricky times are compared to other people's tricky times, but um, I, I just know that I'm a touring musician and I am gone six months a year and I've been with the same woman for eight and a half years so you know you can imagine the tricky times that come up just from being apart and then yeah. being together and I I just cannot believe how lucky uh, I am to have this particular woman and how wonderful she is because she's it can't be easy I mean it's like it must be like being married to someone in the military minus you know of course that horrific threat of death mm-hmm. so it's hard to even it's not fair to even compare the two because of the element of danger that they have to go through but mm-hmm. it's like being deployed six months a year for for almost a decade mm. you know six months to ten months a year almost yeah. a decade there's a song by Jars of Clay called Is It Safe to Land and it's kind of about when you actually get home and when you figure out it, it, there's a time when you finally can reconnect safely because your your the speed of your life is different than the speed of her life has been when you when you when you when you when you come back into that world which is your world but it wasn't the same without you there you know so it's it's a really cool song i really like it and it's pretty insightful i thought you know for 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 folks like you cuz i'm not i'm not gone 6 months a year and i like not being gone 6 <laughs> months a year <laughs> that's why i want to catch you on the oh road i don't want to come find you in uh, north carolina yeah either, no so. i know and i think if i had had if i had had a mentor in some respect who had been through the touring and been through fame and and been through it all it would have been nice to have this explained to me you know <laughs> that that the hardest thing is going to be the hardest thing isn't going to be being in a relationship. The hardest thing will be exactly what you're just talking about, that last song, mm. which is is landing mm-hmm. and taking those couple weeks to get back into the same orbit or, or the right. same just headspace. Right, yeah. And then, and then you get back in and you're just like, oh, my God, we love each other so much and this is why we're married and this is why we're doing it. And we have a few months together, and then I get ripped away, and I go back out on the road, and the road is hard for a few weeks because it's so different from being home. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of struggle to this crazy pursuit, and somehow it's it's more than worth it. It's crazy. And I, I wonder if it's better for you than it was for those in the 60s and 70s just because of things like Skype. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you can I, literally see how she looked when she got home from work or whatever and I want trust me I want to say I totally agree because I think that's nine times out of ten that would be the, that would be the answer yes it does cell phones and Skype it all makes it easier but uh, there's something about being next to a person that that's all that matters it's just Skype and cell phones are great but they don't give you the energy of standing next to another human being and and realizing why you love each other so much mm-hmm. those are just nice little teasers like oh cool that's what you look like but yeah i haven't really had a more of an hour of conversation with you in a month so nor nor a hug you know no nor just a hug you know that's right. that makes it hard there is something about that human contact i mean that's the reason that you go play shows too right because 
your music translates better in person or or at least I think it must or you think it must because that's the way you're making a living and people come to see you because they want to see you play the song that I literally can hear while I'm biking which I did today playing your record and I'm like going it's it's just so human interaction is so important and amazing and yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know how you stay married. Actually, I don't know how you do it. So. Ah, yeah, you're, and you're right on the money with with uh, live performance. It's that's why I do as much of it as I do, yeah. because and it does it all. I guess I'm not trying to sound like this astrophysicist <laughs> energy energy person, but it is all about energy. Yeah. It's all about putting your body next to an audience and having them watch you sing a song. It's just always going to be a hundred times better than listening to it on a on a stereo. So that's why you just you gotta go you have to go to every town and every city. You have to go there. And uh it's 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 beautiful and it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey uh the two other songs that we haven't talked about is Letter of Apology. Mm hmm. Who who is that too? Can I ask that? Is that Oh sure, no. I, I love that you asked that. That's that's about it's a it's a letter to Mother Earth. I wondered about that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's that yeah. That's probably all I need to say. And then if you go listen to it again, it'll all make sense. But, uh, well, I I wondered that just knowing a little bit about you and knowing that we that we are the caretakers, and it seems like we're not taking care. <laughs> Oh, so, you know, I was just asked a question a few weeks ago on a, on just some written interview I had to do online, and it was a pretty interesting question. But it it was uh, if you could um, if you could if you had a time machine, what year would you would you go to, and, and what would you do? And uh, it's funny. This is this is how hung up I am on this topic. I immediately wrote, I would go five hundred years into the future, and uh, I would see what our current behavior has done to the planet and uh, maybe nothing maybe like the end of this song suggests maybe there's less humans because the planet just won and they were like and there was an ice age that took out three billion people mm -hmm. and you know it's basically told us in a harsh way that you guys should listen to all the, the global warming warnings uh, maybe we're thriving. Maybe there's 30 billion of us or 50 billion of us hmm. and we've found ways to just... We don't need trees anymore. We don't... I'm serious. Like, maybe we've made... We have made such a plastic and technologically advanced world and we all have implants everywhere, which is already happening anyway. We have new livers and new hearts and new plastic bones and... Yeah. Maybe we're just this happy people without... And we're not fighting... Anyway, I'm, I'm going down a whole rabbit hole here, but I constantly am thinking about the destruction to the earth and what what's that's gonna what that's gonna result in. And to me, it's so. I don't care if I sound liberal or. I'm, I'm not, I don't think of myself politically in any persuasion other than just I try to be so reasonable uh, and not connected to any, you know cultural ideals or, or 
frameworks. I try to be the observer on the outside of everything. And I don't know, maybe maybe what we're doing is just so wrong and, and I, I can't understand I can't understand why people want to argue with global warming and call it a scam and, and, and I okay, so this is a huge topic. I get mm-hmm. I'm opening up a huge can of worms here, but when people say global warming is a scam, it just sounds funny to me. Like, who are these these scientists who are making $38,000 a year and devoting their whole life to just their passion of science? Who are they trying to scam? Are they are they trying to pull one over on that CEO in Texas who has a coal plant or Pennsylvania? Are they, are they trying to pull one over on him just because they don't want him to be so rich? <laughs> or are they just looking at data and saying, hey, this is what I found. Uh, Worst case scenario is we could change our behaviors a little bit and maybe prolong our existence on the planet. And I, maybe that sounds liberal. I don't, I don't know. And there's obviously conservatives have their own arguments ready for that the second I say it. So I get it. But um, it's just funny to me. The things that we know we're doing wrong to the planet, we know. We're humans. We're smart enough to know. Why is it such a big deal for us to just change them a little? We already know we're making animals go extinct. We already know that there's fish we shouldn't be fishing for anymore. And there are parts of the country we shouldn't be burning down trees for more cropland. But we know all this. And as humans, we just can't make a change until we have to. Well, let me suggest this big idea that whatever this means when I say the world is so, keeps us so busy and we have so much debt and we have so many things we have to do to keep things moving in our own personal lives that we don't have time to one, worry about it, or two, do it. Because the big ball that we're on is spinning so fast and we're trying to keep up so we... I don't even think... I think most people don't care. I think there's 10% of the people who want to argue it and make it a political issue, I guess, but... I just know that when, I mean, I've, my wife's a teacher, and it's like in the last couple of years, I finally have recycling bins in there. The last couple of yeah. years. I mean. I think you're, you're so right. And I think I had that exact thought. When I look at people who are busting their asses in their job, in their day jobs, whether it's a construction worker or whether it's a, a guy on Wall yeah. Street or people who are just working so hard to the bone. Yeah that they don't they can't see outside of their world and i think my luxury and why i'm trying so hard to not just write love songs is that i get to have a job where i'm a lot of time i'm just looking at things Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to see like when i go to my this cabin in the redwoods like that my wife's family has this tiny little cabin that i do some writing retreats in and when i'm there i'm just sitting there in a cabin huge trees all around me and a little river going by and I, it's at those moments that I appreciate the smell and the feeling and the energy around me of just being on planet earth and being among the things that are just as natural as I am on this planet mm-hmm. it's a totally different feeling sitting in a skyscraper in Chicago mm-hmm. and feeling the buzz of the traffic around you I don't care what you want to say but it's a totally and much better feeling for a human. And so my thought is, okay, 
let's just preserve that. Let's figure that out. But I, I think you're right. Think. Well, and, and just go to you know, just go through the uh, venue after after a show, right? And you see plastic bottles and everything on the ground, and all they're doing is sweeping it up and throwing it in the trash. And I'm just going like. Couldn't we all have, I mean, I'm talking very simple stuff, right? Just couldn't we have a recycling bin? But most people don't even, it could be there. And it's just, yeah. I can get out of here faster and get to bed or go see my friends or get to my softball game if I can get this swept up and get it in the trash. And I and I just think, well, okay. And I'll, So at the end of the day, it's like, thank God somebody like you is, is bringing attention to it. And I can say it to my family. But even now, I can tell you, I have more trash receptacles in my house than I do recycling bins. Mm -hmm. It takes a little more effort to take the cans and the plastic bottles out to find the recycling bin than it is to have a recycling bin right next to a trash bag. I don't, you know, it's just, it sounds so stupid, but it's like, I don't know, I I can't, I I can't even change my whole family. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, I totally hear you. I totally hear you, man. I, so. it's and it's so hard because you because the way the general population is is that people like us who maybe are trying to say it to other people, you just sound like you just sound annoying to people. Yeah. They don't if they don't have time for it, then they're just like, dude, shut up about recycling. Okay, it's just a plastic bottle. And yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, okay, I'll just shut up. But. But, you know, we can just do better. I mean, yeah, we I can know. just do better. Well, and, and that's what I think my parents instilled in me is, is like, it was sort of a don't be wasteful attitude. That And so that's how I think I live my life. It's like, if, if, yeah. if I can literally reuse something, like a plastic water bottle, I will literally wash it and fill it with water. And my wife's like, why are you doing that? It A case of water only costs three ninety nine or something ridiculous, right? It's... Yeah, relatively speaking, what a dollar, twenty cents a bottle. But I'm thinking, well, but somebody has to manufacture plastic. Somebody has to dra- drain the groundwater in a certain community, and I'm can just do it just as easily, right? Blah blah blah. I so know. I mean, again, these are these are relatively speaking these small arguments until people get it. I don't even know what that means. Until we all sort of get on the same page is really what I mean by that. So. Yeah. I'm, wait, but, I'm, I'm stepping away because I'm going to grab this water bottle. I want to show it to you. Okay. Okay, so I'm giving a shameless plug, and it's not shameless. It's actually hopefully just a good plug for a good company. But mm-hmm. um, Have you seen these before? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. It's, it's so it's comp- kind of an hourglassy shaped. Yeah, for anybody who's listening, it's just a, it's an hourglass shaped. It's plastic bottle with a, a nozzle. And a filter attached to the nozzle itself. Oh, there's a so filter I, in there? Okay. I think the company's name is Bobble. And they okay. sell them. I got this one at Target. They also sell them at Best Buy. Um, they sell them in a lot of places. But the reason I'm, I'm actually holding this water bottle in this interview is because it's the first one I've found that, that uh, I don't get sick of after a few weeks. I took mm. it on tour for three months and. Mm. And all my and my band also got one of these, and we all got strangely obsessed with this water bottle, because yes, it's plastic, which kind of sucks that they had to use plastic to make them. But I used this for three months and filled right. it up two or three times a day, so right. maybe six hundred to nine hundred times right. I filled this up. And you can buy a new filter for three dollars at yeah. Target or Best Buy, wherever you get these. Yeah. And 
it's just it's it's such an easy way to and the, the reason why it's, I even brought it up is because it's the first thing what do you hate when you just go get a water bottle from like Whole Foods or wherever you get a water bottle first of all everywhere you fill it up in public it tastes like shit and it mm-hmm. you can you can taste the unfiltered water and it kind of bugs you because you, if you're used to bottled water then you hate that quality so this filter is what eliminates that we fill it up in gas station bathrooms oh, and, wow. and it still tastes normal and then the other thing I hate about bigger water bottles is that somehow they always start to smell. You know what I mean? It's probably just from you drinking at them, your saliva, whatever it is. But after like two days, it stinks and you have to find a sink and wash it. And this just goes, I mean, for lack of sounding uncleanly, it goes weeks without washing because it's got this pop top thing. So those two are great solutions. It's called, I think it's called Bobble. Is the name yeah, it's, well, yeah, I'm looking at the website right now called okay. Water Bobble. Yeah. Which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> um, water bubble. Water anyway, bubble. that's that. Nice. Yes, the environment is probably the number one or number two issue on my brain all the time that I have to sometimes calm myself down with because I'm only one person in one time period on one planet, and uh, I can't yeah. go. I can't go crazy. Yeah, because we can make ourselves crazy there. We can also make ourselves crazy when we talk about the new plan and and what's uh, behind that, right? Oh, I mean, goodness, it, it's. Those things that that I can't, I still can't make sense about in my head. Yet we drop bombs every day as a country. Yeah, yeah, and someplace. Yeah, I mean that's that's just a huge song, a huge topic for me. And and I think the easiest way to say it is just if I'm if I'm an artist and and trying to be a peaceful and kind person, then I should have a song in my catalog that just asks the question. Why are we such a violent people when our brains are smart enough to tell us that it doesn't feel good? <laughs> mm. it's, and it's not the answer to our future. It's not the answer to our family's happiness, to our friend's happiness. It's just not. So, yeah. Um, there's this um, song that uh, is, I think it's been out like two or three years, but I happened to just see the interview with, the, with the John Bell from Widespread Panic a couple of days ago about this song that he wrote called Saint X, but it's about um, this uh, children's author who wrote The Little Prince, and it's a French man, but in 1944 he was, uh, I assume, drafted, or somehow he was in the army for France, and he was flying somewhere, not on a mission, but he was flying out somewhere, um, and was shot down by a German plane who was out solo also, so, you know, they were just in the same airspace and the German plane saw this. Well, anyway, they found this uh, author's plane recently, last five or ten years, and uh, the German pilot knew uh, that he was the one who shot him down because it was in this vicinity and they were explaining how this famous author was shot down and, and killed. And this was the German pilot's favorite book written by this guy no. and it's just such an amazing story and he Whoa. said you know if I wish if I'd known it was him I wouldn't have shot him down and it just makes me think about this song that you've written and the thoughts that are that happen probably when you're in a plane you just go there's the enemy which is I think what we have to be taught we must destroy them and but somewhere down the world down the road we have to know that there's a person in that other on the other side of that fence yeah. and they have the same insecurities and feelings and want to 
want for peace, I hope, that we do. And I don't know, it was just an no, amazing story that I just discovered the last few days and that they wrote a song about already. And I can't wait to kind of find this article more online to really dive into it. But, you know, the German pilot was just, I don't know if he was beside himself, but it's just like, the, he, this was his favorite book. God. And he killed the author. And it's like, oh, wow. There it is, the, right there. That what, there, exactly. there is, there's the problem that we have to get to the bottom of. that, And that's more of a problem than guns, video games, mental health issues, yeah. religious wars, like why? Why can't we just see that we're the same species? Yeah. Why can't we just understand another person as different? We, we, we can't, we just can't do it. And that's where violence comes in. So, I mean, I picked guns with this song because Guns are just, you know, they're the symbol of violence for me. Yeah. They, they are the symbol. And uh, I'm always careful to say that I, I still believe in responsible gun ownership. And I believe that there is a place. I've been on hikes in Alaska where I was glad the guide had a gun. Mm -hmm. There are places where it's, it's the ultimate human protection and it might come in handy. Yeah. And it's also a way to get food. I totally get it. But they are the symbol of violence for me, and they are the, actually the most cowardly symbol of violence that I think we have, um, and that would piss off a lot of gun owners. I was in this place the other day, and this guy had a, oh, I can't remember the name of what it said on his T-shirt, but you know he had, he just had guns blazing. He mm. had obviously a license to carry, and he just had guns on each side of his belt, and we were in a subway. Wow. And he had a shirt on to be even more provocative, um, a shirt that just said something like, um, I'll be the last man standing or, or something. Right, sure. You know, just and he was not old. I mean, he wasn't like 60s in that older generation. He was in his 30s. Right. And, I, and, and I just, the little New England kind of sarcastic guy in me just wants to walk up to him and just say, hey, hey man, what are, the, what are the guns for? You but I don't want to get shot, so I didn't say anything. But it just, that to me, that man sums up how terrified we are. Mm -hmm. He all, he, he might as well have just had a shirt on that said, I'm scared shitless. Hmm. And I want to know what they're scared of. And what's so wrong with my upbringing, or what was so right with it, or... or yeah, right. Yeah, I hear you. That, that I never had a weapon... And my friends didn't, and their parents didn't, and I mean, did I? Was it just as simple as like they were all Democrats? No, I mean, yeah, right. they, I just kind of lived in this peaceful place where, yeah, there was cops, and oh my God, the cops work for the government. Yeah, yeah, but we know where that argument goes, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I just know when I was a little kid, I used to, I got in a few flight, fights on playground, and I don't even know why, but so I assume that there's an anger mechanism in people and and because there is I mean I still get angry but I never get angry enough to shoot somebody but I can see somebody getting angry enough and it just happens to be there that's right it's good I mean you know, you know that's that's a huge yeah that's a huge thing that I don't know how to I don't know how to tackle because my neighbors have guns and honestly we get along fine and they just use them for hunting but if they got really angry or really drunk would they <laughs> Would they do something stupid one night? I don't know, but right, you know. But but again, you know, bigger, and it, it, and it just melt. I mean, I almost think, 
I don't know that it'll ever end because people don't know how to contain their anger. So whatever level it's at, whether it's at the level of nations and planes flying at each other and yeah. now drones because we're so awesomely smart. Right. We can just you send know. up these things that yeah. aren't manned that just kill people for us. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think all I'm trying to do with that song is I'm not trying to save the world, I promise. I'm just trying to just add 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 some commentary for for less violence. And if it takes 500 years, it's going to take a long time. To, because when a guy walks into Subway with two guns on his belt and orders a ham and cheese sandwich, I I have no idea how long it will take to not only change him but his grandchildren from from believing that you don't need a gun in Subway. Um, you know, I, I don't I, know the answer. Well, I wonder if... I think my solution for racism is the generation has to die. Yeah, I think I think like that too sometimes. And I don't know that that's a cynical way. I mean, I, you know, everything isn't cynical if I think it's my idea and it's, real, it's a realistic idea, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, there is that one thing that I have to go, well, you know what, because, I mean, for him and, and for many people... Him wearing those uh, guns on his sides and having that shirt is a is 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 glorifying this country and freedom. Yeah. In their mind, I think. Yeah, it is for them. You know, and I'm thinking I feel less free in this subway right now because if this person really is angry, and I think I think that's what, I think he wants me to feel small. Yeah. You know, and just like you said, I want to go up to him and talk, but. I also don't want to get shot. So, who wins? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, who wins? And that's the end of the interview. Thank you. Who very much wins? We're going to leave you on that question. Who and who wins? <laughs> well, in that situation, Dude. Yeah, yeah, I would have just had a, I would have had a veggie sandwich to throw at him. So he might have won that situation. Yeah, he might. But then, uh, might have, but that he's only winning the battle, not the war. Well, then I'm then I'm dead, oh. and he goes to jail, and that's where the song lyric "Your enemy has won" comes in. And then your music will get and huge. Then so, maybe the world will hear it. <laughs> hey, I was really um, happy to see that you did a TED talk and and decided to put even more words in 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 more of the passion that's inside of you in, in front of. Other, other people who um, are thinking outside their proverbial boxes. Thanks. So thanks for doing that. You know, I I've told some people who are close to me that I that was one of the more that was a hard situation for me. That was the that was one of the more nerve wracking performance situations I've ever walked into because I it was the first time that someone asked me to not just talk about your song. But talk about why you talk about your songs, or you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. right. okay, you're a songwriter and you're a singer, so now actually put your money where your mouth is. Why you don't just write love songs? And I, you know, it was a slippery slope that took me a minute to. Sure. So I'm, I, I was happy. I, I, I never watched it, but I was happy with how it felt when it came out of me. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Well, what is wrong with us that it can feel pretentious if we want to say something? important you know it's almost like it we, and maybe it's because we're afraid we're getting gonna get shot down off of that pedestal I don't know you know I mean yeah because it is w- when you put yourself out there uh, maybe that's it you're putting your putting more of yourself out there right yeah yeah what is with uh, 
people people don't people hate being talked down to or and people hate thinking that there's this pseudo smart person on stage just trying to tell them how to live their life so that's I think people always get a little skeptical the, sec the second someone starts to say well this is how it is you know because everybody wants their own sense yeah. of you know existence really yeah so yeah that's why it was just very it was it was tricky for me to know how to approach that and uh well you know earlier you said especially uh, earlier you said uh, around the new plan it's like you know i'm not trying to change the world but there's still part of me that thinks music is still going to change the world you know and i know that people have been singing about love changing the world since before john lennon right mm -hmm. but i still believe that whether it's a song or a band or a you or a, an interview like this that enough people are going to hear it and go yeah why can't we all live along to get along together you know i mean yeah so i i still want the world to change and i i know i know it's stupid really to even think that a song is going to do it but i hope it does <laughs> i hope it does honestly how i feel is that there are a million things in every day a million tiny little little uh specks of data that enter our brain that slowly shape us and change us yeah. and i think if my music can just be in one person's month a few minutes of just being a tiny piece of data that goes into their overall you know perception and understanding of the world then that's awesome yeah. but i i'm not trying to do more than that i i, I in my head i i have this I have a nice little, uh, nice dream of uh, <laughs> of where we could be in 500 years, and uh, I just want to be around peaceful, fun-loving people who are motivated and uh, and respectful to each other and to the the place that we happen to live, and uh, I want us all to be like that. And I I don't know, call me crazy, but I yeah I. I just want 500 years to come quicker. <laughs> I know, right? There it is. There it is right there. I, I, I agree. I just want that to be tomorrow. And... Yeah, it is. But hey, man, I, I can't tell you much I appreciate this time and the songs and your heart and soul put into those songs so it can touch my heart and soul So and others. So thanks, thanks for all that. Dude, this is uh, obviously one of the more enjoyable interviews I could imagine having uh, because uh, you got me you got me at home and I'm just relaxed and you and you and I think you knew that and I think you have a way about you that that uh, that knows how to just make the artist feel comfortable and uh, I could I could talk to you for two more hours and I yeah I've well you got three more records we could talk about but I. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it to both of us. <laughs> Plus, you need to. You need to have some dinner. Yeah. And get, and you get dinner ready for your wife. If you kept listening in all the way through to here, thanks, and good luck. Life is a series of distractions and reactions, and I believe it's time for life—a peace-filled kind of life. Well, I guess we all have these feelings We can't leave on that gun
Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>